You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. My name is Matt Anderson. I'm your host for this show, and I am your source for all things Gamecocks After Dark. So, big, big week this past week. Um, you know, the big stuff we got to hit on tonight is obviously the defection of Mario Anderson, likely to the transfer portal. I'm not sure if he's actually technically in the portal yet, but all indications are that he will be hitting the portal um, relatively soon. Um, but we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, you know, you got Juice Wells. I don't know if you guys and gals followed the Juice Wells saga. Uh, I think it was... Wednesday night, um, posted some stuff on Twitter. Lane Kiffin got involved. Um, just a big ordeal. You know, we'll, we'll spend just this might be the last time I talk about Juice Wells on this show, but um, Juice was was really really taken care of at South Carolina, um, probably more so than any athlete, maybe not named Marcus Lattimore um, in South Carolina history. And you know, Marcus didn't have the benefits that Juice Wells did when it comes to. Um, name, image, and likeness, and getting support financially and um, on the field, off the field, all that kind of stuff that um, Juice Wells, you know, kind of kind of had access to. Um, you know, I mean, when you think about Marcus Lattimore, he's going to go down in Gamecock history as probably um, all of our all-time, you know, top two, top three player in Gamecock history. Um, I can definitely say that Juice Wells will not be in that category for a lot of Gamecock fans. Uh, just some quick stuff on the Juice Wells thing. Yeah, Lane Kiffin was in Columbia, uh, met with Juice Wells at Juice's condo. Um, you know, Lane posted a picture of Juice Wells' um, golf cart that he got the release through an NIL deal. Um, as it turns out, you know, the folks that had that NIL deal with him probably probably didn't like the fact that not only was the condo a part of an NIL deal, but so was the golf cart. So, um, caused a big stir. Um, later on, you know, Juice talked about his golf cart being stolen. Um, golf cart wasn't stolen by Gamecock fans. It was um, repossessed because he's not going to be a Gamecock, so that name, image, and likeness deal has concluded. I'm probably going to have to be out of the condo here soon as well. So I uh, wouldn't expect to see Juice Wells at the practice facility going forward. Uh, just not going to happen, put it that way. So uh, Juice Wells is... You know, started out with you know, likely going to Texas. Ole Miss is throwing their hat in the ring. I think LSU has. I think Oregon has. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Gamecocks don't have to play against Juice Wells next year. But um, if if the if the Gamecocks do play against Juice Wells, he he might want to keep his head on a swivel in the game. Um, he's kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But you know, I hate it for the kid because at some point we all have to remember that you know he still is a kid and it doesn't you know, make his actions right. It doesn't make Gamecock fans' actions towards him right. Um, you know, there's some wrong there um, on both on both parties. And at the end of the day, you don't have to wish Juice Wells the best on his way out the door, but, you know, just be better Gamecock fans. And, you know, we don't need a lot of this negativity and anger and, you know, grown men and women, you know, throwing timber tantrums when a player leaves. Like, this is just the new normal. When it comes to the transfer portal, I think that, you know, overall, South Carolina has weathered this storm very, very well. Uh, you're looking at nine of 11 starters on defense returning next year. They're definitely going to add some talent on the defensive side of the ball through the transfer portal. 
Um, big five-star defensive end Dylan Stewart's coming in next year. Um, everything still looks great with Dylan Stewart. Um, really, the recruiting class as a whole is kind of taking a back seat to all this transfer portal talk, but I'm, I'm hearing good things about the recruiting class and this guy sticking together. But um, same way we just talked about Juice Wells and his situation. You know, the Mario Anderson situation is a little bit different. Um, you know, Mario has a lot of reasons to, you know, need to maximize, you know, his name, image, and likeness value. Um, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that will probably come out in due time that can also shed a little bit of light on Mario's decision. Um, but just know it's not not a Juice Wells-type decision. I know that the communication lines are still open. Uh, probably looking at Mario to move on, though. I'd probably say, you know, 40% chance he returns to South Carolina, 60% chance he, he moves on. But outside of Juice and Mario, um, you know, you lost Mitch Jeter. Um, I know the Mitch Jeter thing is not a not a money thing. Um, just wants to go somewhere else. And, you know, that's still okay. Um, players transfer out for all kinds of different reasons. It's not always, you know, didn't like the playing time I got at my school. Um, you know, that was obviously not the case for, for Mitch Jeter. I think Mitch probably just wants and needs a, a, a change of scenery. And, and that's okay. So... Um, just get used to it going forward. I think that the new normal in college football around the country and at South Carolina as well is going to be, you know, probably going to lose 10 to 15 players in off season. Um, of those 10 to 15 players in off season, I would, I would, you know, say that two to four of them are going to be real difference makers, you know, like the Mario Anderson's, the juice Wells's of the world. Um, looking back to last year, um, the Jaheim Bell, Gilbert Edwin, Edmund, Jordan Birch, and then um, Marshawn Lloyd. So Gamecocks probably got hit harder last year in the transfer portal than they have so far this year. Um, the only name I'm still really monitoring on the, to potentially transfer out of the program is Nick Imunwari. Um I can tell you that last year um, the Gamecock Collective really stepped up and, and got Nick um, to remain a Gamecock. I think he wants to be a Gamecock, and I think that all this will get sorted out in due time. But that's the last guy I would kind of, I kind of, you know, say, you know, be keep an eye on it. Just keep an eye on it. I think he'll likely be back, though. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to gotta make some room on these NIL deals and make sure that, you know, you're spending the money in the best interest of South Carolina. And I think it's very apparent to anybody that's watched Gamecock football over the last two years, but especially these last you know four games, how important Nick Imanwari is to the Gamecock secondary and the Gamecock defense overall. But like I said, I think you'll see um, Nick Imanwari back. Um, outside of those you know big three, Mitch Jeter, Mario Anderson, and um, uh, Juice Wells, and potentially Nick. The Gamecocks are doing this right. Um, the, the players that have transferred out, um, there's really no animosity towards South Carolina um, or the coaches. This is just a situation where the players feel that they'll have a better opportunity to play maybe at a lower level, maybe start fresh somewhere else. A lot of these kids still have eligibility left. So, and when I say that, I've seen like multiple years of eligibility. So, um, really, um, hope those guys land on their feet. Transfer portal can be a giveth and a taketh. And there's going to be a lot of players around the country. I think there's already like 1,500-plus players in the portal that, unfortunately, there, there there won't be room for them to play college football next year at the Power 5 level, the Division 1 level, 
maybe not even the Division II level because it is a mad scramble right now for coaches around the country to to backfill their roster for the players that have left. And, you know, Mike Morgan talked about this on JC, JV, and Phil's show. And this was, you know, like the crazy Thursday where all the rumors were swirling about, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to go where, everybody's leaving. And just if you, if, you, if you have a Big Spur membership, you know, remember that you have access to every other um, message board in the 24-7 ecosystem. And, you know, Gamecock fans weren't the only fans, I should say, that were going crazy on that Thursday. I mean, look at Florida. I think Florida's up to 14 transfers, and a lot of them were big names. Same, same is happening at Texas A&M. You're see, even seeing guys from Georgia, Alabama, enter the transfer portal. I mean, I've said it a few times now, but it's kind of wild that the starting quarterbacks at, or the starting quarterback at both Ohio State and Oklahoma are in the transfer portal. Um, there are some rumors about Carson Beck at Georgia, um, you know, numbers that he's demanding. And, you know, how much of that is true, I'm not a Georgia insider, so I can't tell you. But, um, you know, these kids, I think they feel a little bit of got to get this done now um, because I, I think that eventually there's going to be some limitations on – amount of times you can transfer out. I think there's going to be limitations on, you know, how much money you can receive. I don't know if it's going to go to like a salary cap type deal. And I'm not even saying it's going to happen next year, but in the future, I think that, you know, you're not going to see the craziness that's been last year. And especially this year, this year is, you know, I thought college basketball transfers were, were getting out of hand and getting crazy, you know, over the last couple of years. But you know, it's like with, it's like COVID happened and the entire world kind of lost its sense for a little bit. And that's, you know, obviously stretched into athletics. Um, you know, everyone, all these kids that were playing football during COVID got an extra year. There's just a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players out there that still have eligibility and they want to play and they want to make money. And I think this thing will, will eventually sort itself out down the road, you know, when you have four years or you have five years to play four outside of a, you know, medical redshirt type situation. So Gamecock fans have just kind of, kind of got to stick with it um, and just, you know, support the guys. If you're, if you can donate to NIL and you think it's beneficial, I, I encourage you to do it. Um, if, if NIL is not your, not your deal, I just, you know, continue to impress upon you the need to support these guys and support the team, support the, the letters on the front of the Jersey. If you're not a big NIL guy, but, I think the Gamecocks have weathered the storm. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, these kids that yeah, – I think South Carolina is up to 17 or 18 transfers now. I think you know, 15 of them are, you know, opportunities for South Carolina to upgrade. And when you talk about upgrading, I think that the biggest thing we need to, you know, kind of kind of key in on here is, you know, position group by position group. You know, we'll start at quarterback. Uh, Lenore Sellers is, is, is going to be the starting quarterback next year. Um Behind him, you have really only Luke Doty and uh, potentially Dante Reno when he comes in. So you're, I mean, I think Dante is going to be in there for spring practice. But the Gamecocks have got to find at least one transfer portal quarterback, if not, if not two. Um, the the golden number you kind of want in that quarterback room is somewhere like close to four quarterbacks. And oftentimes programs try to have a senior, a junior, a sophomore, a freshman, you know, one quarterback per recruiting class. 
And last year, I think South Carolina probably had one of the best quarterback rooms in the country when you consider that Spencer Rattler, for my money, was a, a top five, definitely top ten quarterback in college football last year. You had Lenore Sellers just soaking up everything behind him. Uh, you had Tanner Bailey, who I think is a, a really good player. Um, and then behind him, you had Colton Gauthier. Gauthier. Um, Luke Doty was still you know, in that room. So you had, a, you had a lot of talent there. But the Gamecocks are going to have to find um, some veteran guys to, you know, I'm not saying hold a clipboard, but break glass in case of emergency. Because I just don't think that you can go into the season next year with just Lenore Sellers, Dante Reno, and then Luke Doty, who's being split up a different, couple different places. So, um, you know, the quarterback names that, you know, are there's really no names out there that have been released for South Carolina at the quarterback room. You know, the entire country is looking for quarterbacks. All the quarterbacks on the market are looking for an opportunity to start. I think that the dust will settle here soon, and some of these quarterbacks will realize, yeah, I don't have a guaranteed starting position, so I'm going to have to go compete somewhere. Where, where am I going to go? And it's just like anything else in life. You know, once these Dylan Gabriels and the McCord kid from Ohio State and some of these other, you know, quarterbacks that are in the portal kind of decide where they're going and, and the, you know, the – you know, the, the shoes start dropping t- type of deal. Um, you'll start seeing these, these you know, second-tier quarterbacks kind of make their decision. Um, of note, uh, Vandergriff from Georgia, the backup quarterback for Carson Beck this year, he um, did announce he was transferring to Kentucky, so maybe that's the first domino to fall. But Gamecocks are, are, are definitely in the market for some quarterbacks, and there are conversations being had, but, you know, at some a lot of these quarterbacks have a lot of options. They're weighing. So at – at running back, you know, I think that South Carolina is going to have to get a number of players. Uh, they're going to run the race with Daniel Hill. Um, Daniel Hill kind of ebbs and flows as the river bends. Um, Steve Wiltfong, you know, put in a crystal ball for South Carolina for um, Daniel Hill. Uh, really, it's been a South Carolina-Alabama battle. Um, I've heard some scuttlebutt that Daniel Hill might be taking an official visit to Mississippi State here soon. Um, you know, don't really know what, what Daniel Hill is going to do, but they're going to run the race with him. Um, you got Matthew Fuller in the boat right now, and you have, um, a number of other players that are, you know, going to visit South Carolina, uh, you know, JB, uh, JB Bradford threw out the kid from Oklahoma. I think his name is Daylon Russell. Um, you know, keep an eye on him. You can keep an eye on the Duke running back that's in the portal, um, yeah, they just had a coaching change. There's a kid from Georgia State. Keep an eye on him. Uh, but the big one that everyone's talking about in Gamecock land right now is Raheem Sanders at Arkansas. Um, you know, with Raheem Sanders, South Carolina finished second for him in his high school recruitment. Um, Gamecocks liked him as a wide receiver. Um, interestingly enough, when Raheem Sanders, and, and everyone calls him Rocket Sanders, so when Rocket um, committed to Arkansas, Justin Stepp was one of his lead recruiters. Uh, Raheem Sanders is going to be in, um, in South Carolina and in, in Columbia this weekend. I know the Gamecocks would love to get him. Um, he, he battled some injuries last year, but two years ago he rushed for over 1,400 yards at Arkansas, was first team All-SEC. Would be an absolute you know, home run, big get for South Carolina. Because when you're looking at that room right now, you got Matthew Fuller coming in. You have D.J. Braswell, who was a freshman this past year. 
And then you got Juju McDowell coming off an injury. And this is all assuming that Mario Anderson, you know, indeed leaves the Gamecock program. So Gamecocks will run the race with Daniel Hill there. After that, you know, if they get him, you know, you're looking at, you know, two freshman running backs. You're looking at um, a sophomore and DJ. And then um, the return of Juju whenever that happens. Um, but the Gamecocks are going to need to get at least two more bodies in that running back room, I feel like. I mean, at running back, you really want to carry five to six if you can because injuries just can pile up at that position. At wide receiver, and we'll touch on these guys pretty quickly, um, some guys that the Gamecocks have, you know, these kids have at least said the Gamecocks have offered. Um, Cyrus Allen, a wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech, um, he'll be visiting South Carolina on December 8th. Uh, Jared Brown, a wide receiver out of Coastal Carolina. Not sure if the Gamecocks have offered yet, but he does have visits lined up with South Carolina, Louisville, and Auburn. So don't let the, the Coastal Carolina school um, scare you off of him. You know, those when you got Louisville, Auburn, Auburn, and South Carolina all with visits lined up, um, good, good, good looking kid, good prospect. Uh, Jamori McLean out of North Texas. Um, this is Jer or it's um Jamori Macklin. I'm sorry. So this is Jeremy Macklin's cousin. Um, so he's from North Texas. He's a big name. Um, Gamecocks offered. I don't know if he's going to visit or not. Uh, Donovan McCulley from Indiana. Gamecocks have offered. No visit on the docket. Uh, Jaden McGowan, a wide receiver from Vanderbilt. Gamecocks offered on December 4th. He's going to visit um, this Saturday. I really like the Gamecocks' chances with Jaden McGowan. So that'll be somebody in the wide receiver room I think the Gamecocks will probably get. Xavion Thomas, a wide receiver from Mississippi State. Gamecocks offered. Not sure if he's going to visit. Um, Abdur Rahman Yassin from Purdue. The Gamecocks have offered. He has a visit scheduled to Vanderbilt and Michigan State. I don't know how hard South Carolina is pushing on that one. Um, another tight end, the last one we'll talk about is Will Shepard um, from Vanderbilt, offered on December 4th. Don't know if he's going to take a visit or not. So the wide receiver room needs a massive overhaul at this point. I, I think that it's realistic to say that you know, maybe the, the two best wide receivers on the team next year are not on the team right now. I think they're probably going to be transfers. But Gamecocks do have a young nucleus of talent. You know, Nick Harvard's probably going to stick at wide receiver, and he, he showed flashes. Um, Tyshawn Russell has shown some flashes for the Gamecocks, and they have some young guys that they're excited about, but I would say that the best wide receiver is not on the roster as of right now. At tight end, um, the two guys to be on the lookout for is Brady Hunt from Ball State and Tyler Neville from Harvard. Um, Neville will actually be on campus on Saturday as well. Um, so, you know, tight ends are very important to South Carolina's offense, um, you know, very important to blocking, very important on special teams. So the Gamecocks are going to have to get a couple, probably one to two tight ends um, in the transfer portal. So we'll see how things go with these guys. On offensive line, um, offensive line is one of the toughest, toughest um, positions to pull from from the transfer portal because, you know, the same way that, you know, you need depth at all your positions. You especially need depth and versatility along the offensive line. So I don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these kids on the offensive line, but Fernando Carmona out of San Jose State was offered by the Gamecocks. Justin Mayers out of UTEP was offered by the Gamecocks. Um, Jerquan Scott out of Southern Miss. Um, he's going to visit the Gamecocks on December 12th. 
He's also visiting Ole Miss and Auburn. And Kevin Wigginton out of Michigan State, the Gamecocks have offered. I don't know when or if he will visit. Along the defensive line, um, Jordan Garad out of Florida International, um, Gamecocks have offered him. He'd be a good get. Um, one of the big ones that, that's out there right now are the, are the Overton brothers um, from Texas A&M. They're both going to visit South Carolina um, this, this upcoming weekend. Those are guys the Gamecocks would love to get. Um, those guys can be difference makers 100%. Um, I can't remember which one of them, but one of them was a former five-star. Um, you know, his brother's a good player in his own right, but these would be difference makers along the defensive line for South Carolina, and, and, the, and the Gamecocks are going to take their shot at them. Other defensive linemen that have been offered, uh, Corey Slackman from Pennsylvania. He's going to visit Florida this weekend. I don't know if the Gamecocks are going to be able to get him in for a visit. And um, Corday Sidnor. Uh, you're going to have to help me on that pronunciation out of Purdue. Gamecocks have offered. He's going to visit Vanderbilt this weekend. We'll see if the Gamecocks can can get in the mix there if they want to. At linebacker, Alex Howard from Youngstown State, Javante McKay from Arkansas State, and Chris Paul Jr. out of Arkansas. Um, Gamecocks have offered Chris Paul Jr. Um, this is Pooh Paul Jr. Um, they, they, they would love to get him. He would be a big-time get. Gamecocks got to get him on campus. At uh, defensive back, you have Gerald Kilgore, um, the brother of Jalen Kilgore uh, out of Tennessee Tech. Um, Gamecocks offered him on December 4th. Um, he has a visit lined up this weekend. feel pretty good about the Gamecocks' chances there, but some other, some other name programs, Power 5 programs, are trying to get in on him. And then Will Lee at Kansas State. Um, Gamecocks offered him. I don't see anything going forward with, with Will Lee, so – Gamecocks are bringing in a ton of players. Remember that this portal window goes for about another two or three weeks. So um, this is by far not the only players the Gamecocks are talking to, the Gamecocks are interested in. Uh, there will be a lot more um, coming out of um, the transfer portal. And, and the Gamecocks have got to do a lot of work in the transfer portal. And right now I, I really like where the Gamecocks are um, with a lot of these guys and some stuff behind the scenes that could happen. Um, you know, just – Keep an eye out. Get on the big spur. You know, read all these updates. Hal McGranahan is doing a ridiculously good job of um, managing all of this. And I don't, he, he, I don't know when the when the kid or Hale's not a kid. Hale's a grown up. Uh, I don't know when um, when Hale is actually gonna gonna be able to get some sleep here over the next couple of weeks. But anyway, um, I did want to make a note of a couple of NIL things, um, and these are collectives. Um, for those of you that missed it, the Garnet Trust has a $1 million matching donation. So for every for every dollar that's donated, there's an anonymous donor that's willing to donate up to $1 million um, to, to match that. So I know a lot of Gamecock fans have, have taken advantage of that. Um, it's a... It's kind of like what JC's been doing, right? Um, you know, a collective. You know, you get one big donor who's willing to match up to a million dollars, and then you have, you know, everybody else in the world who's not able to donate a million dollars. You know, donate a dollar, donate a hundred dollars, donate a thousand dollars, and you know that that will allow for two million dollars to be in the in the Garnet Trust collective. Uh, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty nice cash flow um, bump, and the Gamecocks need every bit of dollars that they can get right now. Um, let's see. I've got to take a sip of water real quick before I read this news report. 
So we got the Garnet Trust. We got the dollar for dollar match up to up to one million dollars. Um, JC had a press release from Carolina Rise, and I'm just going to read it out verbatim to you. Um, Friends, Carolina has an opportunity to transform its football roster with the class of 2024. One of the ways to help the Gamecocks do that is to provide a robust name, image, and likeness offering to the incoming players. So with that, we are launching the 24 initiative on the heels of our wildly successful 3130 initiative in the fall. For a one-time $24 membership fee, members are entered into a drawing. We will be giving away six prizes this time around. Info below. So here are the prizes. First prize is two lower-level seats to South Carolina men's basketball home game with Kentucky on Tuesday, January 23rd at Colonial Life Arena. Second prize is two lower-level seats to South Carolina men's basketball home game with Tennessee on March 6th. Third prize is one signed baseball from Cole Messina and Ethan Petri. And one signed Gigi Jackson rookie card with poster and frame. Fourth prize is a $100 gift certificate to Rescues and Resin Custom Woodworking. Fifth prize is a $100 gift certificate to Sand Lapper Outdoors. And sixth prize is $100 gift certificate to the Congaree Hat Company. All entries will receive a special 24 initiative keychain from Carolina Rise. So you can remember forever what you did for these efforts. Winners will be selected January 3rd. Each $24 membership fee will count as one entry. Anyone who signs up for a double bonus membership, $500 or more, will get double entries. Two of our five winners from last go-around were from this category. Also, we are supporting the larger calls. 20% of all 24 initi initiative membership fees will be donated to Garnet Trust Foundation to support their matching gift initiative. The rest of these funds will be used exclusively to support the incoming class of 2024 once they enroll at South Carolina. So, a uh, real big deal here. Um, obviously, we talked about the the Garnet Trust and their and their million dollar match. And you know, one of the things that I think is really important is for you know all these collectives, especially associated with the Gamecocks, to you know not view this as a competition. Um, you know. Gamecocks are very lucky that they have two collectives. They have the Garnet Trust and they have Carolina Rise. Um, so for the Garnet Trust and Carolina Rise to combine their efforts here and be working together is huge. Uh, Carolina Rise and Garnet Trust have always worked together. They've just been separate entities. So to for Carolina Rise to step up and say 20% of this is going to go to Garnet Trust um, for the matching donation, that's huge. Um, you know, one of the things to remember you know, when you're talking about, you know, why is this 2024 class, you know, why is this money earmarked for them? Well, you, there's no such thing as pay for play. But, you know, once these kids enroll at South Carolina, that's when they can start with their name, image, and likeness deals. So to, to line up deals for them and, and get them, you know, well taken care of from the moment they hit campus uh, builds a lot of goodwill. You know, you start these partnerships and, and these kids, you know, feel the love immediately. And it's no different than what anybody else is doing around the country, but you know the Gamecocks especially need to find ways to do it better than other teams around the country, especially in our neck of the woods. So, once again, if this is something that that you know you want to be a part of, 
absolutely um you know donate whatever you can no matter how big no matter how small if it and if it's not your cup of tea you know that that's perfectly fine too so moving on to basketball um lady gamecocks are are still number one in the country they are absolutely destroying everybody in their path at this point um gamecock ladies you know had two big wins against duke and north carolina um, followed it up by beating Morgan State by like 80 points. And um, Don Staley had a pretty cool moment, you know, on the court with the girls from Morgan State. And a really, really class, classy thing for Don to do to spend some time with those girls because, you know, that, I don't think this is a Dabo type situation where he went in and congratulated Syracuse on beating his mighty Clemson Tigers. This was just, you know, essentially, you know, Don Staley is like the Michael Jordan of of women's basketball so for those girls to that likely were not recruited by south carolina or, or have had any interactions with a, a you know a name a player a person like don staley you know that's something those girls and don will remember the rest of their life you know don is always about you know progressing the the sport of women's basketball every every way she possibly can and thought it was a thought it was a really cool moment so you know going back to the men's side of things Obviously, the Gamecocks had a had a tough loss to Clemson um, over the over this past week. I believe it was Wednesday night. Uh, Gamecocks had an eleven point lead in that game at one point. Ended up losing the game by five at Clemson. Um, just a tough one, uh, you know. You know, looking at it, just looking at the box score. You know, as I refresh my memory here. Uh, Michi Johnson, it's not often when you're on Ken Palm's website that you see a player from the losing team was the MVP of the game. Um, that was Michi Johnson. Michi had um, 26 points, um, played 30, 30 minutes, an, out, an offensive rating of 143, 6 of 10 from the three-point line. I mean, Michi is just unconscious right, unconscious right now from three. <clears throat> You know, I've been kind of down on Stephen Clark to start this year, but I thought Stephen Clark played a phenomenal game. Uh, B.J. Mack probably had a had a night he wants to forget, going over six from the three point line. Talon Cooper probably didn't have his best game as a Gamecock either, but um, you know I think he's getting a, a little bit of crap that he probably doesn't deserve right now. I thought he played a decently fine game. Uh, Miles Studi, got to get Miles Studi going from the three-point line. He was one for five today. He's in a, or on Wednesday. He's in a little bit of a slump right now. Um, it was good to see Colin Murray Boyles get in the game for the Gamecocks. I think that he has just an immense, immense amount of potential. Um, kind of tough for him right now because he's he's getting up to speed and and for all intent and purposes, you know, Clemson's a top twenty-five team in the country right now. That's definitely how they're playing. It was always going to be tough to go into Clemson's um, arena and, and, and get a dub, but Gamecocks had a really good chance to do it. I thought that, you know, I, I really hated what B.J. Mack did at the free throw line. I think that kind of changed the game there um, a little bit. Um, for those of you that might have missed it, uh, B.J. Mack got fouled. Um, he made his first free throw, turned around to the students and the fans at Clemson and, and, and gave them the shush sign. And then promptly missed his next free throw. I mean, look, you know if that was a Frank, if that was Frank Martin on the sidelines coaching, and, and BJ Mack did that, like BJ Mack would have been pulled and, and yelled at. I mean, I like the way that Lamont coaches, and I'm sure Lamont didn't like what BJ Mack did. But you know, you can't just jump on a kid for making a mistake because it's going to ruin the rest of his night. And so, you know, I like the way that, you know, that that moment's going to be talked about. 
and it's going to be coached coached up behind the scenes. But you know, Gamecocks kind of got cold at the wrong time against Clemson. Clemson kind of got hot at the right time. Going into the game, I said, you know, you had to keep Joe Girard, you know, in check from three. For the most part, the Gamecocks did that. He was two for five, but you know, he could have easily. You know, he's had games where he's hit seven three pointers this year. You know, they kept Chase Hunter and PJ Hall kind of under control. I um, mean, the big thing for Clemson in that game, and the, the big, the way the game changed, I'll put it that way. Um, Chauncey Wiggins, not known as a three-point shooter, um, he had 15 points for the Tigers, you know, leading them in scoring three for five from the three-point line. I think he'd only made two threes the entire season so far. Um, so sometimes, you know, kids step up in moments that you're not expecting, and that, that, that happened for the Gamecocks with, um, with Chauncey Wiggins. And then Ian Shefflin, um, he's the kind of guy that you, you, you hate if he's not on your team. But if he's on your team, you freaking love a guy like that. Um, just consistently made big plays, made hustle plays, got rebounds. I mean, I, I can think of one free throw rebound he got where the Gamecocks tried to pinch him, and he just fought through it and got to the ball. Um, you know, Shefflin had <coughs> excuse me, 12 points and 12 rebounds. You know, I think he kind of was the difference in the game on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball and just his hustle plays. Um, you know, if I were giving out an MVP of the game and, you know, picking someone from the winning team, it would be Ian Shefflin. I thought he just played extremely well. Uh, Clemson kind of played through P.J. Hall. Um, you know, P.J. Hall can go get you for 30 anytime he steps on the court. But the way that the, the Tigers played through him I thought was pretty smart. I'd say that, you know, in talking to some folks, you know, around college basketball, the feeling of folks that, that watch the game, and this is not coming from a Gamecock side of things, but you know, a lot of people I've talked to in the sport think that, you know, South Carolina had a home-and-home home with Clemson this season, and, you know, Clemson had to come play South Carolina next week that they think that South Carolina would probably probably win that game, and, and it's probably much closer to, uh, you know, if they play ten times, each team's going to win five, so – Sometimes you lose, and unfortunately for the Gamecocks, you know, they had to – the Gamecock fans, I think, feel it a lot more than the players do. The players never want to lose a single game, and especially not the Clemson. But, you know, the chance that come from, you know, college fans um, and rivalry games, you know, I know that got under a lot of Gamecock fans' skin. Um, it's not fun to watch if you're a Gamecock, and it's never fun to lose to, to your rival. But, you know, I think that this – that was a good game for South Carolina to test themselves – I think it was a good game uh, to, to you know take the next step as a team. Uh, I think that sometimes you get that loss off your back and you don't have to feel like you have to play perfect. Um, hate that it happened against Clemson, but um, I like where the Gamecocks are. And really quick on Colin Murray Boyles, I think that at the end of the game, the game was probably just a little too fast for him. Uh, he, I think that Lamont wanted him in the game, and I haven't talked to Lamont about this, but I think that Lamont wanted him in the game because he was just active. He was very, very active, and he was making hustle plays and getting rebounds and getting putbacks in. But it's going to take him a little bit to get into the flow of the offense. I know he had one bad pass that was a turnover. He missed some free throws. Um, you know, he was probably just a, a, a millisecond late in the offense for the Gamecocks. If he wasn't getting the ball in the post, you know, he, he there was an opportunity for a mistake there, and he'll grow from that. You know, you know, as a former basketball player myself, you know, you. You have to fail to succeed, and um, I've got nothing but um, nothing but you know good good feelings and good thoughts and, and good energy going towards Colin Murray Boyles. He's going to be a fantastic player for the Gamecocks, and 
in short time. So looking at South Carolina, the rest of the non-conference, um, we've talked about this a lot, but this Saturday they're going to go to Greenville, North Carolina to play East Carolina. Um, the Gamecocks are going to want some revenge after um, losing to East Carolina last year. Then they get Charleston Southern on Saturday, December 16th, so it'll be a little bit of a week break between Saturday's game and the next game against Charleston Southern. Uh you know, no disrespect to Charleston Southern, um, but that's a game that South Carolina should win handedly. Um, Charleston Southern is going through a coaching transition. Um, do you want to shout out Son Emily, interim head coach at Charleston Southern? Just a fantastic guy and wish him all the success in the world. Uh, then the Gamecocks get Winthrop, Elon, and Florida A&M before entering SEC play. So Gamecocks should be, what's that, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, Probably 12 and one is obviously what you're shooting for. Um, to go 12 and one in the non-conference would be fantastic. The Gamecocks really can't afford to drop a game, um, you know, before conference play, or it'd be it would be a loss that would really hurt their resume. So, uh, Gamecocks got the loss out of the way to Clemson. Time to to roll off another five consecutive wins. Make it one, two, three, four, five. Yep, five consecutive wins. Let's get it 12 and one. Uh, then Gamecocks open up. SEC play um, at home against Mississippi State on January 6th. So um, SEC play is right around the corner. Um, Gamecocks on at Kim Palm right now are projected at 20 and 11 overall and 9 and 9 in the conference. Um, Gamecocks are, are playing really good ball right now. Um, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, currently ranked 50, 51st in the country in offense, 68th in defense. Um, shooting the ball really, really well. Um, have the 20, 24th highest three-point percentage in the country. Um, effective field goal percentage, they're making 54% of their shots. And effective field goal percentage means the combination of free throws, two-pointers, and three-pointers. So over half the time, the ball's going in the hoop. So really good numbers for South Carolina. Um, their defense is playing well. Um, I, I like South Carolina a lot right now. Don't get down on them because of the loss to Clemson. Uh, really quick, I just I don't know how to do this because I don't think we actually have lines out yet for Saturday's games. But the same way we did this, um, you know, going back to football season, um, we'll do some gambling picks here. Um, football ended up, you know, pretty much even <laughs> on the gambling um, from conference week last week. Uh, let's see. Washington plus 10 hit, Florida State minus 1.5 hit. Um, Oklahoma State did not cover 15.5. Georgia obviously lost to Alabama. They did not cover the minus 5. Um, Tulane lost. They didn't cover the minus 3.5. And, and, and Michigan did cover. Um, so um, looking at that, what's that? 3-3. Three and three. So it ended up about positive three games in college football. But we still got bowl season. Still got bowl season. So we'll, we'll do some picks for bowl season as well. You know, looking at college basketball, you know, on Saturday, some of the biggest games, you got Purdue versus Alabama um, at 1.30, and that game is on Fox. Um, Purdue is favored to win the game by five points, 85 to 80, according to Ken Palm. So that'll be a good one. Uh, if you want to pay attention to Clemson, and we need Clemson now to win every game they can to help South Carolina's resume, um, they, will, they will actually play in Toronto, Ontario. Wow. Um, they'll play TCU. Um, uh, TCU's 33rd in the country, Clemson 26th at Ken Palm. Clemson's favored by one. Um, 
Arizona-Wisconsin is going to be a good game. Arizona is favored by six. That game is in Tucson. Uh, looking through here, you got Arkansas versus Oklahoma. Um, Indiana versus Auburn. A uh, lot of good games. Um, you know, that first that first Saturday and Sunday after college football championship um, weekend is usually some pretty good games. And, you know, looking at this, on Sunday you got Colorado at Miami. That's actually in the Barclays Center. That's a neutral site game in Brooklyn. Uh, Michigan State versus Nebraska, Michigan, Iowa, Memphis versus Texas A&M. And, you know, we'll, we'll look at all these games and we'll figure out a way to – to do this so I can give you guys my predictions and maybe we'll just stick to SEC. We'll stick to SEC teams for this because um, that's what we care about. That's where the Gamecocks have to succeed. So give me a week and, you know, maybe we'll give it two weeks and we'll get into SEC play and we'll start making predictions and, and we'll just use whatever Ken Palm has as his numbers. And, you know, if you are, if you are making gambling picks, then you'll be able to just say, okay, well, you know, Matt, Told me the Ken Palm said the number's here, the line is here. You know, based on what we talked about and why Matt picked this way or that way, then we'll decide how you know how you might how you might how you might want to play it. I don't know, but um, you know what? We'll we'll be back here on Monday night. Monday night on YouTube streams live. Um, I do have a Twitter account now. Um, have not had a Twitter account in a while, um, and I'll get that out to you guys. Um, it's late night Gamecock is my Twitter handle and it's L the number eight and then it's N I T E Gamecock. So late night Gamecock. Um had to get had to get creative because you only get fifteen characters on Twitter. So I'll get some Twitter stuff out there. Um and you know we'll we'll be able to talk there. You can always reach me at um late night gamecock show at gmail dot com or on the big spur under username Matt Anderson. If you have a question comment concern um just want to talk talk some hoops talk some football talk some fantasy football whatever it's all it's all fun for me and i enjoy interacting with all of you um and and guys again thank you so much for your time tonight you know i, I really do value it you know in life the only thing that we have that you can't put a price tag on is is time and, and you you all give it to me a couple of times a week so i thank you for that and it really means a lot but all that being said, go Gamecocks. Let's get a win this weekend against East Carolina. Uh, that should be a fun game to watch. Let's go Gamecocks, and we'll talk on Monday. See ya.